Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts, and I am here with my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Miller. How are you today? I am well. Thank you very much. How are you? I am just living a dream. You know, no place I would rather be. That's right. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited. I say that I say this every week. I'm so excited yeah. about this week's topic. You know, however, this week I <laughs> this week hit home for me a little bit. And I think we actually came up with this topic because of a yeah. interview that we did with uh, Grant Hill. And uh, yeah. one of the questions that I had for him was, how do you not push a sport onto a child when you are, mm -hmm. you know, a 19 year NBA player and this amazing all star man? Like, how do you not be pushy? And 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 he just said, you know right. what? I can't be. I can't be. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, my kid is in T-ball, Ken. And I'm like on there like, Ronda first, Ronda <laughs> first. And they're all tackling each other because the whole team is running to first and running after the ball. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm scared for my future. <laughs> no, and I think you're just you're just being a parent, Wendy. And that's oh. and that's what it what it comes down to, because. Again, I mean, that was a great interview with with Grant Hill, because the other thing he he mentioned was, you know, like you said, he, he can't be pushy. Right. Mm -hmm. He can only he can be supportive. And I think we lose that because, you know, you get excited. And, you, and, and I know how competitive you can be, Wendy, um, <laughs> in, every, yeah. in everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we might need a, an, this isn't a podcast, it's an intervention, <laughs> um, but from, from the vantage point, but you know, like, like you watching your, you know, your, your, your little, your little boy, you know, play, playing t-ball and, you know, you want to yell, you want to scream and you want to, you know, go get it. But, you know, I'm the same way I, I, but I have to, and you know, I'm a pretty subtle and I'm a calm guy, but when, when it comes to watching my kids, play play their sports you know whether it's you know swim water polo baseball um i want to stand up i want to yell i want to i want to be that parent but you know rules say that you can't but you know the other thing that um comes to mind is like is it what my my son and my daughter need to hear from me right now you know as far as you know how can i best support them in what they do without doing the oh dad you know you, know, you get that <laughs> you know i can't believe oh, yeah. you said that I can't believe you say, I mean, they, they have yet to say that, but I, you know, you can kind of see them kind of look at the, look at you in the stands a little bit, but I, I don't want to be that guy. And I mean, that's what we're, we're here to talk about today is how, you know, how can we, you know, do what's best for our children as far as supporting them and, and seeing that they get what they need to get uh, from, from, from sport. And again, from that Grant Hill uh, interview, um, made me made me think and reflect a lot, and which is why I'm really glad we're talking about that today. Yes, and I know one big one that he kept saying is I have to be mindful, and I'm like, oh, you know that mindful <laughs> word keeps coming back to haunt me because I'm like, yeah, I suppose yeah, mindful, mindful, yeah, I got and, it. And, so. and you're hop skipping a jump from being <laughs> meditative. So, oh, so so totally. Yeah. I need to become one with myself before I go to <laughs> yeah. practice. But yeah. um, but, you know, when, when you look at the research and you're looking at, you know, so yeah. there's so much. I was actually shocked when I saw all the information that was directed towards coaches, that was directed towards right. parents and that were directed towards even older siblings that played a specific sport and their younger, you know, younger brother or sister were, were playing the same sport and they were very competitive at it. It was, it, I found it fascinating because when you think about this and it makes total sense, 
However, this is written and you're reading it. And sometimes you need someone to point it out to you again. But parents and coaches who are pushing too hard, it's going to really wipe out the kid's motivation. And then you've got to think about it. If and, and this is something that Grant also said, but also something that I, I tend to do like, hey, do you want to go outside and, you know, hit off the tee or can I do a soft throw to you or hey, buddy, you want to go like run the bases mm-hmm. or, you know, and I'm pushing that practice on him. He's not asking yeah. to want to go and do it on his own. And when you're reading and you're looking through some of the, the content, that's the number one way of burnout. And then when they get burned out, they're doing the same thing over and over again. Then they don't want to play. So then they lose the love of the game that they would have probably liked yeah. if you would have just backed off and let them be. Yep. And that was really, I mean, I needed to read that because like I said, I think this was more for me. Like you said, maybe this is a podcast just for me <laughs> that I need to listen to back, you know, over and over again. But I, I was like, you know what? I, I need to back off and it's hard. Yeah. You know, and I'll say that, I mean, it, it winds up being, it, it, it takes a village right? It takes a village to, to raise a child. And part of that village winds up being sport and activity in your community. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough, you know, with with my son and daughter, they had the same swim coach. Um, but what really comes um, front of mind right now is, you know, since we just finished baseball season, my son, he, you know, he finished his, you know, he played t-ball and then he's he's doing his, his first year of, of farm ball. But, you know, the thing about that really stuck, it stuck out in my mind is that he would, he would have a, an hour and a half practice, which holding an eight-year-old's attention for an hour and a half, it takes a Ooh. very special team of coaches, right? But, you know, when all is said and done, what does he want to do? He wants to play catch, right? He, he wants to play catch either with his teammate or when we're walking away, hey, we got we to go have dinner now. He's like, well, can we play catch first? And then he'll, you know, then the bargaining starts, right? How about just, how about 20 throws? Well, how about 10? Uh, okay, we'll take the 10, right? But he still wants to play and he still wants to, you know, to to do a little catch with me. So I think part of it's, you know, he just wants to hang out with dad. But the other part of it is like, you know, he he had such good coaching and they put the right energy into it and they made it fun. They made it interactive. They take, you know, you take baseball drills, but you make it for an eight-year-old. Yeah, that that love for the sport and and trying to avoid burnout because it is a matter of enjoyment and it is about um, play, and I, I think that the, hopefully this this first year of of really playing baseball, you know, is a springboard for more years of being not just baseball, but I mean, great sport, um, but also just being active and finding the right coaches that can help support that, and then me as a parent. You know, being supportive of that, and like, like you're mentioning, yeah, I, I was, come on, Keith, let's go out early and you know work on some grounders. Yeah, that's not fun. So I got to really meet him where he needs to be met when it comes to his involvement or his interest in the sport. And yeah, I want him to do a lot of different things. I wanted to swim. I wanted to play water polo. I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to golf and all that stuff. But if that's me, kind of transferring to him because I know if I were you. I want to do everything. Right. Right. But um, the bigger part is making sure they're interested. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, that was one thing that I was actually kind of proud of myself for as I was reading is um, I'm trying to expose my son. My son's five. So, you know, obviously very, very young, but I want to expose him to a lot of different things. And so, you know, I have him in a variety of sports because I want him to truly find what he's passionate about. Um, So I was I was glad when I read that. But, you know, one thing about that is when you have a child in multiple sports, they're actually going to do better when you choose later on, you know, their specialty sport, if they are going to just choose one sport over another. And because they are learning different ways of rotation, different speeds, you know, hand eye coordination um, yeah. and being able you know, to judge depth of certain balls or, you know, of, of jumping certain ways and doing different drills. And, um, and so, you know, I was like, well, that's great. But when, when you read it into it deeper, that's also emotionally, um, it's, it's, it's better for your child emotionally because they are meeting different people. So the different stimulus, yeah. they're getting exposed to different things. So it's yeah. fun, the variation and variety of what they're doing every single day. And then Ken, with what you and I do, we know that repetitive movements can lead to injuries. So if they're constantly yeah. just playing the same thing over and over again for multiple years, yes, they right. may get better at their craft. However, their burnout they're injured, they're sore, and they didn't really get exposed to something that maybe they might have liked better. So when you're looking at like when you're looking at research and you're looking at, well, when is the the ideal time for a kid to choose like what, mm-hmm. you know, to be in that one specialty sport? They're saying late puberty to early adolescence, you know, so like when you're thinking, or I'm sorry, late adolescence. So you're thinking about that it's around 15 to 16 years old. Yeah. And then at that point, they're going to really choose the sport that's best for them and where they find their fun. And then that's when they build their, you know, their team and their, their love truly for the game. And then they can do their other stuff for just fun because they've been exposed to other sports, you know? Right. Exactly. And you're listening to Miss Wendy Batts and me, Ken Miller here on Random Fit. And the topic is for the love of the game, as far as being, you know, not being a pushy parent and doing what we can to support, you know, our, our kids or kids in general, when it comes to their activities that they they might be participating in as they go as they grow up in life, and you know, you Wendy, you brought up a lot of good points there as far as being diverse in sports and activities. Uh, a lot of a lot of information out there as far as the you know promoting you know different backgrounds and different activities because overall you want you know and this is you know kind of extending off of what you're talking about, you want to create a, uh, create, you want, you want a person to grow up as a, as a good athlete, right? They can do a lot of different things, a lot of different ways versus early specialization. And one of the things is, of course, from a, from a, from an academic standpoint, I'll just kind of branch out there. Yes, your grades, grades statistically are higher in kids that do two or more sports, right? So if you're somebody that, you know, like me, tell my kid, hey, you have to get good grades. You know, it's about discipline and studying and being able to learn and learn different ways. But for my for my children to do multiple sports, and again, we're not going like two, three sports a day, right? We'll just toggle between a couple activities, you know, through the week. But, you know, my hope is that as they grow up and as they participate in different activities, this will reflect not just in them physically, but also from a scholastic standpoint i mean if we're going off of that research that you know two three sport athletes do better in school than single sport athletes 
So as, as we're talking about, you know, the brain's developing and, and you're learning different sports, and as you mentioned, you know, your different sports, different activities, different movement patterns. Um, the way I like to look at it is, you know, and something that I've read also is like you're learning different strategies. So your brain has to process information in different ways. So if you're, for example, if you're playing baseball, one of the, how I wake up my son, I go, I say, hey, buddy. If, and he, you know, he's still sleeping in his bed, heads on his pillow and his eyes are closed, but I know he's kind of awake and kind of listening. I'll say, okay, you're the shortstop. The batter hits a grounder between first and second. What do you do? Right. So I'll, <laughs> so I'll kind of get him, I'll start get him thinking that way. And of course, then his eyes are closed and goes, I cover second. Right. So, you know, so <laughs> now he starts, now he starts, and that's a very simple way of saying it. Right. Well, depends is there a set is there a batter is there a runner on second and third okay right so now he starts thinking in different ways and of course now if you have somebody who's playing soccer at the same time now how you manipulate the ball where the ball is supposed to go or even water polo things like that and that that just for me is one of the more important things just getting their brains especially when they're young and the developing getting those synapses to fire mm -hmm. when it comes to learning sport and strategy on top of the physical stuff well, yeah. And, and, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the single sports, one, one statistic that I pulled out that was so alarming. So as if you guys don't know, my past is when I first started in this industry, as I got a chance to work with professional baseball players, mainly baseball pitchers that were coming off of Tommy John's surgery, um, which is basically a reconstruction of the ulnar collateral ligament. So basically your UCL. So they just Tommy John, um, that was the, I think the surgeon in that, how they got the name for that. Um, but so when you're thinking about an elbow reconstruction with a, a, a professional baseball pitcher, that makes sense. Cause think about how hard they're throwing and the different, um, ways they have to manipulate their, their hand, their arms, and just the, the stress of that shoulder to, I mean, uh, the elbow to throw, you know, 90 plus miles per hour, multiple mm -hmm. times throughout a game. And, you know, now when you're looking at, at the younger folks and the, and the, the coaches that understand this, there's actually a ball count, you know, max, like you're not going to exceed this amount of balls thrown, you know, in a practice or in a game or something, mm -hmm. because they realize that the longevity of that or the chances of them blowing out their elbow are going to be significantly higher with that, you know, repetitive business. Well, when I was looking through some of the stuff, um, about 60% of all the Tommy John surgeries in the United States to date are usually from patients averaging 15 to 19 years old. Yep. And it's like, yeah. okay, it makes sense in professional baseball, but you guys have to understand when you're going yeah. through something like that, they usually take the tendon that comes from your Achilles tendon. So basically yeah. in your, in your ankle, or they can take, you know, or they'll have to pull it from somewhere else. Usually this right here, um, which, you know, is the tendon that if you put your thumb and your finger, your pinky together, you'll see this tendon pop out. They'll either, they'll cut it from there too. Um, that's usually the one they go to first, but not everyone has that. And then they'll take it and they'll wrap it around basically and make a new tendon for their elbow. So it's definitely stronger once they get mm -hmm. through that. But think yeah. about what happened mentally, um, you know, mentally from the game. It wasn't the surgeon. So Tommy John was a pitcher in the 70s. Sorry, guys, for the Yankees. <laughs> I knew that I was going to mess it up. I'm like, was it, you know, I, it was I just a coin don't, toss. I, it was a coin I, toss on that one. <laughs> you know what? And I, if it's 50 50, I'm always going to choose the wrong answer, just so you know. But it's like for me, I just know how to I know how to rehab that. I don't I don't know the the total of the background. So maybe we should do a podcast in the background of Tommy John. Um, anywho, uh, but 
but yeah, so when you're thinking about that too, I mean, when you start to push your, your, your child past a certain limit and you're just being that parent that wants them to, I mean, and everybody wants their, their, their kid to be good, you know? And so, and that's the big thing, you know, everyone wants them to excel. So how do you get right. better at something you practice, right? Perfect practice makes perfect execution. Yeah. So, but yeah, don't be, don't be me. Don't be that pushy parent. I'm having to step back, you know? So I just, when I was reading all the do's and don'ts, I mean, you know, um, it was, it was overwhelming. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And you know, and it's funny because well, it's not funny, haha, but, um, you know, when I've, you know, I, I go out to Chicago every now and then to help out um, my buddy Mark out there. And he's got a he's got a baseball academy out outside of Chicago. And, you know, I go out there, I do the assessments and, you know, he's working with young kids. Right. And specializing in pitchers, you know, like like with what your experience is, is talking about. But that, you know, sadly enough, that 15 to 19 year old age range is where he'll say, hey, I need you to see this kid. Can you talk to this kid? Can you can you do an assessment on these on this kid? And you have a kid. I mean, here's a guy who's you know a young a young man who's in eighth grade and he can't extend his elbow because he you know maybe he was the best pitcher in little league, and you know guess what? If you're that young and you're the best kid and you know compared to the the drop off between number one and number two and you really want to win again, well guess who you know guess which horse you're gonna ride. Uh, for for the games and if there's tournaments and things like that, so these you know un unfortunately enough my experience in seeing you know these over an example of an overuse injury you have a kid who's now had Tommy John maybe the rehab went well right because you know you know I both know that rehab is just as important as 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 having a good diagnosis and having a good outcome with the surgery right rehab is going to make or break whether or not someone gets to where they need to be. And, you know, you have a young kid who, you know, say, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, there's there's not much I can do for you at this point in time. I, you know, you need to go to a, a physical therapist or you need to see somebody else for this. And if we can do more to avoid those situations where the younger there are, they're doing more and more and more um, and get them to be diverse and do other things. So if this kid was playing, let's say just because we brought up water polo or even playing soccer just to give them some off time, you know, and that's, that's the other thing. Early specialization is one issue, but having year round options for sport to where they they're doing one sport and now even longer winds up being a health issue in the, in the long term, just because you're accelerating that overuse um, situation, you know, and putting somebody in, in the, at higher risk for, you know, these, these overuse patterns. Well, I think, um, you know, for those of you guys that are just joining us, we are talking about for the love of the game. It's really about don't be that pushy parent, you know, and, and sometimes we need to do reality checks on ourselves because we put a lot of pressure um, and stress on a, you know, on our kids or, you know, even if we're coaches and they're not our kids personally, we have, you know, we want to win. Everybody wants to win because if you're not first, you're last. That was a direct quote from Ricky Bobby. If um, and so, you know, and, and that's right. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll definitely uh, quote that all, all day long. But um, but, you know, it, it was as interesting. Um, oh, and I'm Wendy Batson. I'm with Ken Miller. So just so you guys know, we haven't figured that part out by by now. But, um, but you know, but 
you know, when we're looking at it and we're trying to think about it, you know, we can talk about the injuries, we can talk about the burnout, but when you're looking at yourself as a parent, the one thing, you know, you've got to think about is if you're constantly hounding your kid, you're being critical about how they're playing, you're being judgmental and you're comparing them with their other Mm -hmm. teammates. And, And again, we're talking about like, t-ball and like little league and we're talking about you know just in in middle school and even in high school you know we're putting unrealistic pressures on our children that really isn't fair to the kid then it makes them not enjoy it so later on what kind of experience did they have they had you hounding them i mean i have seen parents and this is this was not me just so you know but i've seen parents (laughs) literally chew out their children for Mm. missing a grounder or missing you know like a you know there's a goalie and you know they missed they missed the ball so you know the other team scored and the dad just went like went nuts on their kid like how could you miss that and you know it's like well then they feel like pond scum and you want them to play better for the second half after they just got scolded in front of their other teammates and coaches and stuff like that. So um, I know that that's a big thing now too, is coaches are actually having, you know, talks with the parents away from their children, like let me coach. And if you want to be the coach, then don't have your kid be a part of my team. And I think that is phenomenal. Um, And uh, you know, that's how it's going to have to be. And I remember that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a couple. I mean, like I said, we're talking about eight-year-olds with my son's team, and there and there's been a couple couple times where, you know, a parent, you know, you know, I've had to bite my tongue because you know I've heard the coach tell the kids, "Listen to me, right? Don't listen to what's happening out in the outfield. Listen to me." And that same situation you 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 mentioned, you know, a kid Mr. Grounder, this kid, you know was in the outfield, caught the ball, right? Or got the ball and he didn't know whether to throw it to second, the pitcher or first base because his his dad was in the outfield telling him to throw it second. The coach, right, wanted him to throw, throw it to the pitcher just to end the play. And so he held onto the ball while the runners ran because he was hearing one thing from his dad and then mm-hmm. another thing from his coach. So here you have a kid who, if you left it up to him, he might have made the right decision. But because, you know, he had this other voice in his head, it kind of distracted him from the from the play at hand. And well, and guess what happened, right? Not not that much different than what you just said, from the standpoint that you know the the I saw the the parent the the dad take him aside and not yell at him but now he was scolded for something that he didn't do but i can understand this paralysis analysis he knew the play he knew who to listen to but he was distracted and he got he got you know you know just talked to about it later on so this kid you know i don't know if we're going to see him next year just for other things that we saw and unfortunately you know it's just a sad 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 thing you know because you know kid's pretty good loves the sport but doesn't want to disappoint anybody. So, you know, that's what you got. Yeah. I think it's important too, you know, for, for parents to realize that, you know, our role is to be, you know, is to positively shape our child and help them with any kind of experiences. And if they come to us and they want our help, or if they're asking for outside coaches, I know, you know, and I hear this often, like, how do you train, you know, you know, do you train your husband or do you train your kid? Now, granted, my kid's only five. And my answer to that is no, neither one of them are going to listen to me. Um, neither one of them even listen to grants. Sometimes having someone on the outside come in and 
and actually Grant Hill, when we were talking about that, but, you know, coming out and, and, and having someone teach them, you know, to, to be mm-hmm. better at something. Cause the yep. thing is, is, you know, if you notice that your child has a ton of compensations or you notice that they're not executing like a really good pitch and they could lead to injury, you know, you can be a parent that notices that and then be supportive of trying to find a solution. And I think mm-hmm. that's one thing is we're supposed to be able to positively shape what excites them because you know you've seen and back in the day this might show my age but back in the day there was a gatorade commercial where it was like i want to be like mike you know and Mm -hmm. they were talking about michael jordan and it was like there, there was like this little song that went about it and the thing is is you're teaching a child to dream you want them to have their own people that they look up to, you know, their right. own role models. And, you know, for me, I had certain ones growing up. I still love to this day. And then as I've grown in different sports, I have those people that are my favorite. And it's it's because they were good at their craft, but it was also because of the time they put into it and then what they're doing right. outside of that as well. And so you just want to think about your child, be very well-rounded, be very supportive, be honest help them mm-hmm. when they need help, but then also too, just guide them and understand that if you can get them in multiple, multiple sports, um, if your time allows yeah. you to be there, you know, I think the one big thing too, is be present, be present, be with them, be mm-hmm. supportive, be their right. cheerleader, not their, not their coach. Yeah. And it, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, that be like Mike, um, I would sing it, by the way, but I don't want to do that and scare everyone. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people can't, you know, they they know they know Michael Jordan from basketball. But Mm -hmm. remember, we remember when he took that little hiatus and he Mm -hmm. went to play baseball. Right. And what else is is Michael Jordan known for as far as what he does recreationally? He golfs. Right. So you have a guy who's who has different interests in doing different things. And well, he owns of, he yeah. owns a NASCAR right now, too, I think. Right. He's in the NASCAR. I don't know if you yeah. guys know that. Well, inside he, he's not the guy getting in behind the wheel, though. Right. I don't know. He's paying for the guy to it. get behind. <laughs> Can you imagine him? Uh, you know, he you know, they have to like, you know, those guys are stuck behind the wheel. Can you imagine they have to if they had to create a car? Oh, he'd be in the trunk. <laughs> He's sitting in the back seat. And... <laughs> oh, totally off topic. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, that's what podcasts are about, right? Um, yeah. But my point to say in that is, you know, when it comes to, you know, some of the great athletes, um, you know, so you're two sport athletes, you know, you have Bo Jackson, right? And you had, um, gosh, what's his name? Quarterback for Florida. Um, ah, Tebow. Anyway. Yeah, Tebow. <laughs> Right, baseball player, right, football player, right. So a lot of these guys that that um, are getting recruited, you know, to talk from a more of a collegiate standpoint, a lot of these guys that get recruited, you know, the coach, you know, if, if they're getting recruited for for uh, football, for example, you know, coaches are known now, especially the you know the, the top tiers um, football coaches, they'll go to schools and what they want to when they want to talk to the football coach, they don't just ask, you know because they've seen the tape, they know what their capabilities are, but they'll also go talk to the baseball coach, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll go talk to the soccer coach. So if this highly recruited athlete, you know, is, is being sought after by these big schools, a lot of times the coach doesn't just talk to that football coach, they'll talk to the other sport coaches as well, you know, looking at, you know, you know how is he as a, as a player, how, you know, soccer player, baseball player, um, how's he with the team? How's he in the locker room as far as his 
his ability to to work with and you know build camaraderie with the team so being diverse in other sports also you know you can look at okay well how well do you get along with your other teammates and again that's just a social thing you know it's because it, life is more than just sport right it's about how we interact with each other and if you have a player that you know can be good at a sport and be good for the team you know that that's also something that you know it's another feather in their cap as far as what it does to create a well-rounded um young person growing up you you know having sport as part of their life well i think you know i mean sports it's it's so much more than just the sport i mean you're they're learning life skills they're learning how to share you know like my kid played soccer and he loved the ball he Mm -hmm. thought he was the best and he thought he was the fastest so he never wanted to kick the ball to anyone else because it was all about him and I remember when I played soccer growing up, I when I was very young, I would want the ball. And if I didn't get it, I'd kick the player to get the ball and then make the score. Um, <laughs> that is not ideal, but that, you know, but it was a it was a learning for me. It was it was something that, you know, I had to understand. I had teammates. Mm-hmm. And so it teaches you, you know, how to be disciplined. Right. It teaches you how to share. It teaches you yeah. life skills of being able to manage, like you said, your your balance. So work meaning schoolwork, as well as your sport, as well as your family yeah. life. So, I mean, these are things that can carry over. So there are a ton of positives um, yeah. about, you know, playing in different sports. And I think, you know, as parents, we have to be patient. We let we have to let them try to, you know, mm-hmm. choose what's best for them. Because, you know, like if you were good at something in high school and you're still saying, hey, when I was in high school, I, you know, I won state and I did this and, you know, and you're now like in your 50s. You got to let that go <laughs> because right. I hear people say, oh, I used to play in college. And I'm like, yeah, but how old are you now? How many years ago was that? And, um, you know, <laughs> because we're still living, we're still living in the past because those were such good times. And I think having those memories is extremely important. And if we push something on our, our children, they may not mm-hmm. make those memories because we push them too hard. Right. Now, you, you bring up a lot of a lot of good points there from the standpoint that, um, you know, when talk, you know, the life skills standpoint, and I know my kids are, you know, very young yet, but the whole thing about managing their time, their schedule, being prepared, um, you know, because, you know, when it was a little warm, you know, and if I forgot to put the water bottle in my kids, you know, backpack, guess who had to go back and get some water from? I'm not going to let them, you know, get thirsty for for a whole practice, but that was also one of those things where, all right, hey, we forgot your water bottle last time. What do we need to make sure that's in your backpack now? So having them be responsible for their things. Um, another game that we played was more a matter of, um, all right, what's our what's you know what's our time check? If we have to be there by three o'clock, what time do we need to leave the house? Um, you know, where, where are your things? Are they where they need to be? Did you get it set up the night before? So over time, like you're saying, Wendy, it's just you got to be patient. And, you know, there's the way we think as adults, but kids, I mean, it's a great opportunity for kids to to learn self-responsibility um, for the activities that they're doing, not just, you know, getting ready for their activity, but also, yeah, did you get your homework done? Hey, you got a busy day on Tuesday. What can we do on Monday or over the weekend to kind of lighten the load from where for when we are, you know, out and about, we're at the park or we have two practices back to back. Um, so those are the opportunities I'm seeking out. And yeah, it's like, why can't you figure this out already? You know, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, and it's <laughs> nerve wracking for them too, because they're the one that's going to suffer 
you know, from not being prepared, but also they're going to suffer the wrath, right? Of, mm -hmm. of why didn't you get that together? Well, and I think it's also important too not to overly, you know, choose so many yeah. sports where they're so busy mm -hmm. that they don't get a chance to be a kid. Yeah. And um, so it's kind of like you got to find that happy medium. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I know with my family and again, this is just me personally. I have, you know, like my kid takes swim lessons mm -hmm. once a week and we only do it once a week. However, we still go to the pool. We still practice. We still do yep. that for fun. But we still work on some of the stuff that he's learning because obviously I, I need him to swim. Um, so therefore, just for safety reasons. But then, you know, I have him in camps where they're doing tennis and they're doing swim and they're doing art. So it's called strokes camp. And so yeah. they, you know, it's a, it's a half day where they're doing different things. Um, you know, that was specifically on strokes and then, you know, and then he's in T-ball. He does that twice a week and then he loves to go golf. And so like last nice. night we went, we went to top golf and he, we just let him <laughs> whack the balls, you know? And so, you know, but we're, you know, we're trying to make things fun. We're doing a lot of family things right. together um, because again, you know, we only have one, so we're holding on to every moment because, you know, as yeah. he gets older, um, either he's never going to be that small again. And so, um, you know, I think sometimes as a parent, we hold on too tight. We dream big and we have big expectations for our kids right. because we want to be supportive and provide them with every opportunity. But sometimes it's also, this is basically a podcast of all I want to say as a reminder for myself, as <laughs> anyone listening, you know, sometimes we have to let go and let them be kids, mm -hmm. let them have fun and also just right. be there, be their biggest cheerleader, be mindful yep. That's that's my takeaway. Be mindful. Be mindful, right? <laughs> and, uh, and don't yell at your kids. Like, don't don't be yeah. that parent yeah. unless they hurt someone or they do something that's not right. Then yes, I mean, obviously that's a time and place. If they have a crappy at bat or they miss a, a goal, mm -hmm. you know, they already feel bad enough, so they feel horrible, and then now they're getting yelled at, and then you want them to go and play play mm -hmm. well for the rest of the game. It just sometimes it's a reality check. Like that really doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, and, and those are those are some great takeaways. Um, two things I ask my my kids before before they participate in any you know practice is one thing and competition is another, but whether it's practice or competition, one of the things that I I ask or two things I ask them one, you know, did you have fun, right mm -hmm. after the when all is done, did you have fun, and then the second thing I'll ask them is, did you learn something, right? So fun being first, right? I'm going to only ask that question for so long, right? Like, did you have fun? <laughs> you know, you have four years of me asking this question, right? Did you have fun? You know, did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Were you, you know, were you in the moment? Were you able to kind of stop and smell the roses and, and kind of realize where you are, who you're with, and, and, the, and, the, and the enjoyment that is there to be had when it comes to playing sport? And did you learn something? You know, I do, I do want them to kind of take away, learn the sport, get the skill, whether it's something related to the sport or something that they picked up from another teammate, which is kind of surprises me sometimes when what they learned was not about baseball or swimming, but it was something that they got from another kid. I was like, oh, that's that's a great lesson. Right. So that's where I am today. And that's where, again, holding on, let them enjoy it. Let them be kids is the number one number one thing and just remember that hey i'm just a parent i'm here to support you i'm not here to make you the next greatest athlete you know you're not going to be 
you know, Joe Montana, you're not going to be, you know, Tim Tebow or, or Bo you Jackson. You never know. Or you never Tom know, Brady. Though. Yeah. Sit down deep inside. I'm thinking you don't know. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to get hate mail. I'm not going to be yeah. that parent. Right, I just, just want you to know. Whole, racist Ooh. whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's do over. Uh, but, um, Wendy, this was really, this was actually really, really, I have great times when, when we have a chance to do these things, but um, a lot of takeaways from this one as far as being a parent and understanding what sport is actually there for, you know, when it comes to our kids. It's not about, you know, winning, getting the trophies. It's about, you know, what they what they take away from being with a team and, and all the things that come from, from being a part of a team. So makes it brings a tear to my eye as far as <laughs> it's so short. So <laughs> on that note, Hey, Wendy, thank you so much, uh, you know, for, for all that I've taken away with, with our time together today. So for all of you uh, listening to us here on Random Fit, for the love of the sport, for the love of the game, uh, like, follow, subscribe, comment, download, all the things that show that you appreciate the information we have to share with you. Um, let us know if there's anything more that you want us to talk about on Random Fit. So until next time, take care and be well. Oh, 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 oh,